0: Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, your host for another episode of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to the program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. So we're going to pivot a little bit, I mean, it still has to do with parenting, but pivot a little bit to another topic, and that is how politics has been getting less civil far less of than it once was. I feel like things uh, or people are more angry and that they are reacting to things much more emotionally. I think that is a dangerous trend. Um, and it certainly wasn't this way when I was a child. Um, it is dividing people in ways we've never seen before. You have reports of family members not talking to each other and saying they will never talk to each other again. Uh, people are ending friendships. Even young people report that they wouldn't ever consider dating someone who didn't share their political beliefs. What a shame that is. I mean, you'd be missing out on a lot if you, if you have that strict uh, of requirements about dating. And of course, there's the issue of cancel culture. People um, are really are attacked these days and they're losing their jobs. They're um, being bullied online. Um, and, you know, some people make just stupid mistakes, but... The reaction, um, the sort of canceling of people has really gotten to epidemic levels at this point. But there's also something much more sinister happening. It seems um, today it's more acceptable to harass people, not only online, but actually in their homes or at their homes. We've seen this happen with some regularity. Tucker Carlson, a, a number of activists showed up to his house and absolutely terrified his wife. Um Activists have shown up at Mitch McConnell's uh, house, and you know, with with uh, bullhorns, and they've also done you know spray painting in on his property. Um, several Trump administration officials, of course, experienced this. Former DHS Secretary Chad Wolf, who lives not so far from me, um, regularly had protesters in front of his house, and it was so bad that even. A city council member in Alexandria, Virginia—that is the city that where where the the acting secretary, former acting secretary lived. A city council member actually joined the protest. So it's gotten to the point where even sitting, you know, city council members are are joining in, which I think is is very a very dangerous thing to do. Um, Kellyanne Conway also has experienced. Um, experienced some harassment when when she was working for the Trump administration and and you also saw you know there was the case of Ted Cruz being harassed outside of a restaurant um, this is a very dangerous trend and it's clear that an important line has been crossed here um, so here to talk to me about this and sadly her own experience with this happening is my colleague at IWF Erin Holley Erin is a senior legal fellow at the Independent Women's Law Center. She previously served as an associate professor of law at the University of Missouri, and she clerked for Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts. Holly received her bachelor's degree in animal science from Texas A&M University and her law degree from Yale. During law school, she served as a Coker Fellow and was on the Yale Law School and wrote for the Yale Law School Journal. Today, we're going to talk about an incident that you experienced at your own home. And uh, and I know this is kind of a tough subject, but I really appreciate you coming on.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me, Julie. And it is important that your uh, readers and, and this is happening to so many of us around the country. It's not just protests, but it's, as you said, people yeah. uh, being written yeah. off uh, by, by former friends and, and being uh, harassed on social media and, and these sorts of uh, comments and harassment, they're just not civil discourse. So I'm glad you're shining light on them.
0: Thanks, Erin. So, so let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about what happened to you at your home. But I think it's also important to tell the listeners, you know, you know, t- you know, you are married to Senator Josh Hawley, um, and you know, he is a Republican senator, and and um, and you know, tell him, tell us a little bit of back- background with that, because obviously he was also a target of what happened to you and your family.
1: So, so, yeah, absolutely. so my husband uh, Senator Josh Hawley, um as Julie mentioned, um he's a Republican proudly representing uh, the state of Missouri, um, and I think has done a great job of representing his constituents' views on issues um, and i'm I'm very proud of him, and uh one of the things uh, that you're called to in public service is just to be able to uh sort of take the heat um and I yeah. think that He has been someone who has uh, stood up for what he believes in, uh, regardless of what people might think or say. Um, And for that, I am proud of of him. Um, And speaking specifically about the event you referenced, um, Josh had actually taken our two boys. uh, They are eight and six, and he had taken our two boys home to Missouri. Uh, We currently had a then seven-week-old daughter, um, and I didn't want to fly with her uh, or drive 17 hours uh, with with an infant. Um, So Josh had taken the two boys home. Uh, And I was here with Abigail, um, and uh, obviously the election had happened, um, and uh, people were upset uh, about uh, different objections uh, that people, including uh, my husband, uh, had raised. Um, In particular, my husband had objected uh, to the Pennsylvania election and Supreme Court's ruling in that case. Um, And so there had been some folks upset about that. And so it was the evening uh, of January 4th. uh, And
0: and I I just want to say, too, so were millions of Americans upset about the Pennsylvania ruling. Okay, so, you know, he wasn't just out there, you know, with some random complaint. I mean, millions of Americans were upset about that. So. Including his own constituency. I mean, people forget that senators are there to represent. their cons- I love how nobody like remembers that, right? That you're actually supposed to be representing those who voted for you. Or no, not those just who voted for you. You're supposed to be representing the wishes of your state. So he was doing that. Um, and also, frankly, representing a lot of people like me who were concerned about that vote. So, okay. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so go on. He he. so he raises these objections. He's yes. And, and so people go bananas because he had the audacity to represent the concerns of millions of America. So go on. So what happens?
1: So, so on January 4th, it was a Monday evening, um, and Abigail and I were hanging out, um, that's our daughter. We were actually having a really lovely evening. The boys were gone, so we were watching Hallmark movie, and Abigail was sleeping, <laughs> I am holding her. It was perfect. <laughs> that does um, sound great. And <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so our dog was asleep down there with us, it was, it was a lovely evening. Uh, and then we were sitting there watching the movie, and we heard angry voices, and at first we were kind of confused. My dog actually was the, the most concerned, she got pretty upset of course. Um, initially. So so we heard these angry voices Um, I didn't know what was going on. Um, so I turned off the TV, uh, gathered up Abigail and we went upstairs. Uh, and that's when we saw that we had protesters outside of our residential home. Mm. So there were about 20 uh, protesters standing out. They had uh, flashlights, they had placards and signs. Uh, they had at least three bullhorns uh, and they were yelling. Um, mm. So obviously this is a residential neighborhood. Uh, it was evening, it was dark outside. Uh, so I just stepped out onto our front porch and I asked them to leave. I said that we obviously had a baby uh, and that we also had neighbors we were concerned about. Uh, they refused to leave. And, and one woman yelled something about, you know, if you really care for your baby, you know, you should, uh. should care about our country and what's your husband doing. And, uh. um, so so I went back inside. I went back downstairs. I tried to stop. Um, watch uh, the show again I just turned that off again couldn't, couldn't watch um, and I just, just sat on the steps holding Abby um, I uh, tried to call my husband um, and they called a friend um, and then as I was doing that I heard pounding um, and stomping um, and went upstairs and there were three gentlemen at least three uh, gentlemen I called them uh, Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, got, wait.
0: Repeat you know, that. Wait, because re- I interrupted. What were they doing at your door?
1: So they were blocking the door. So we have, you know, just a normal porch. It's a fairly small porch and yeah. a door that's got glass on both sides of it. Um, and they were, all three of them were standing in front of the door. Um, and uh, they rang the doorbell um, and were shouting, come out, come out. <gasps> um, and it's sort of like one of those, like, old Westerns, you know, yes. where they shout, come out. And then they, like, drag him away and you never see yeah. Again. Um so, um, so they were shouting this at the door. I had the baby, um I was there by myself. um it I would have thought it would have been pretty obvious Josh wasn't home because I went out by myself um and then they refused to leave so so that happened. um I went back downstairs, and then thankfully, um, some friends showed up, and this is one of my favorite things um about uh just uh the the community that we live in is that one of uh, our friends showed up in socked feet. <laughs> they had rushed <laughs> over so quickly that she didn't even grab her shoes. Uh, so she it. came over to help me with Abigail and just to provide moral support and to be there in case something had happened. Um, and so, so friends came, which was really lovely. Uh, a neighbor had texted to say, you know, Can you, do you want to come over here and, and wait it out uh, mm-hmm. until the police arrive? Um, but I would have had to walk through the protesters and wasn't comfortable doing that with Abigail so so, we ended up just just hunkering down uh, with friends um, and then uh, waiting. The police did come. I think it was, took about fifteen minutes, which seems like quite a while uh, when yeah. you're there by yourself with a baby. Um, but they they did ultimately come. They yeah, asked I was the protesters. I,
0: yeah, I want to. I, I do want to get into the police because I think that is something that is also a remarkable part of this story. But before we do that. At these, when these protesters were beating on your door, telling you to come out, I mean, let's just for a moment, what did they want to do? Did they ever come out? Did, like, did they ever say we wanted to hand you something? We wanted to have a conversation. I mean, of course, it's absurd. Of course, it's absurd. But I don't understand. So ch- I have two questions. What was the point of it? What did they ultimately want to gain? Because it sounds like it was just to scare the heck out of you. Um, and to send a message, right. But was there anything that they wanted specifically to do to hand you, to talk to you or Josh?
1: So it's my understanding, um, that they put, um, or, or they did, they put a constitution in our door handle, um, again, on our porch. After Unbelievable. Asked them to leave. Um, so they put that in our door handle. Um, I, I would wager to bet that my husband knows the constitution much better, <laughs> um, than, than they do. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so they put that in her door handle, and then when they were yelling, "Come out!" Um, they referenced Josh. So, so I think they wanted yeah. him to come out, and yeah. uh, perhaps I, I haven't followed what they've said closely, but I think that they, okay. you know, they wanted to talk to him. They said, so, but yeah. I, I, I have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and the reason being is, I, I think it would have been clear he wasn't home. But, but even if they assumed he was home, yeah. they are coming at night to a family home where they know there are children. Yes, that is not OK. Um, that's why that's illegal. It's illegal um, in northern Virginia uh, to protest at a residential home. Um, they, they should have been aware of that. Um, and the reasons are obvious. Like it would be quite terrifying for my children, who I am so thankful yes. I did not experience that um, if they would have been home.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, tell me what's happened since then. Oh, well, first of all, before you do that, I, I just have a, a another quick question. How did they, and you know, if this is kind of touching in areas you don't want to talk about, but how in the world did they get your address?
1: You know, that's, that's a good question. Um, and I, I think that um, they can search property records uh, okay. and those sorts of things. And, well, and it's, um, but but no, I'm not sure. And I, you know, the, the, the sad thing about this is that they posted that video um, online. Yes. Um, and so Our address is is widely known, which is something you don't really want when you have small children. Yes, it is
0: absolutely horrifying. I mean, I worked in the Senate for eight years, um, actually the House and Senate, and I was actually a Senate scheduler. I will tell you that was that was my hardest job I've ever had, even like harder than like fast food or like really you know (laughs) jobs with important titles. Being a Senate scheduler was really tough, and I remember how important it was to keep that information private and, and really carefully guarding it. Um, and I think, you know, when I talked in my intro about people being so emotional these days and really making serious decisions, you know, um, you know, like not talking to family or losing family members or losing friendships, um, it shows that how emotional people are. And so, This is, of course, scary for people who um, who are public figures and wanting to have a secure home and and not have it certainly on the Internet. Um, It's just it's absolutely horrifying. And 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 it's so wrong. And I wish we, we would have seen more condemnation of this action. But we didn't. Right. You I mean, certainly on the right, you had a lot of people supporting you and people outraged by this. What was the reaction on the left? to what happened?
1: You know, that's a, a really good question. And I finally wrote an op-ed about this and I, I didn't really want to, like, it's, it's a hard topic. Right. It's a sensitive topic. It's something that happened at my home and, right. and with my family. Um, but uh, the, the news coverage um, was really um, inaccurate. Um, they, you know, quoted everything, you know, calling uh, my husband and our family snowflakes um, they quoted um, a statement from a police um, a spokesperson who was not at uh, the protest, um, who basically said, you know, not a big deal, nothing to see here, nothing goes on in our, you know, community that, that is, uh, that is uh, you know, disruptive, um, and, <laughs> um, and yet he wasn't here. Uh, and the catch is that they posted, the protesters posted a 45-minute visual. Um, or a picture of of what they call a visual, uh, a video of this that they plastered all over the Internet. And if you watch that, um, you can call our family snowflakes if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wager that if it was your wife uh, or your seven-week-old daughter uh, who was at home uh, alone, you wouldn't want that to happen at your house. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I am thankful, beyond thankful, that my two boys weren't there because it would have terrified them as I think it would most uh, any, uh, a child. In fact, um, it's just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'd written about this, but my oldest boy was going to bed and he said, you know, mom, I had a dream that a bad man came in the house oh. and that's not unusual for his age. Sure. Like that's, that's, you know, part of growing up is, is having those sorts of fears. And so I reassured him and I prayed for him. But, but the idea is that, that these are normal natural fears that our children have. Um, and, it would, that would have if something well, would that happened that would yes. have sort of made that reality. Yeah. I mean, th- that would have confirmed
0: everything. <laughs> you know, these are normal fears children have. But then what ha- if they had been home, it would have confirmed, look, bad men can come to our house, bang on the door and say, come out. Can you imagine, a you know, if, if you had had your six and eight year old home with you and they had seen and Josh wasn't home, he was traveling um, and they had seen you having to face that. That would have been terrifying for them, you know, to to see their mother and, and such. And, and also to personally feel the, the fear of that it is absolutely monstrous what those people did. It really is. But, you know, one thing that you said that I think is really, really nice, and I have to say I'm a little jealous, is that you talked about how your neighbor's. Your, and your community i think either in your op-ed on this and can you just tell us where that was published
1: sure where, your, it's foxnews.com. is foxnews.com yeah. um
0: mm-hmm. and you know on this podcast we can link to that article as well because you wrote you wrote beautifully about the experience and why you think that this is kind of like this is these are lines that should not be crossed there you kind of talked about it a a little little bit earlier about you know there are reasons this is you know taking a bullhorn at night into into a residential area is is illegal you know it's it's there are reasons for that and 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 aside from it being immoral there are laws against that but i wanted to just really quickly touch on you said that your neighbors were really, you know, you said one, I think you said at some point, one of your neighbors doesn't even agree with you politically, but he was, he or she was very supportive um, in that moment and kind of told them to go away. I think that's really lovely. And I, you know, I have to say that touched me because I've had a lot of trouble in my neighborhood. I live in a deep, deep blue city. I live in Alexandria, And, and you're close, you know, you're close. It's not, you know, we're all sort of, sort of in Northern Virginia, but I haven't had as much luck with my neighbors. I, years ago we put, you know, just one example, we put a Romney sign in our yard and Aaron at that time, my children were even younger. They were probably, I I think five, three. And then I had a very young one, like a baby of a year old. Mm -hmm. And the things people would, we live on a, a slightly busy, it's sort of a, um, uh, ingra- an egress route, um, slightly, slightly yeah. busier street and people would slow down and Aaron, the things they would scream at me in front of oh. my children yeah, right. and, you know, you know, calling me a racist. Okay. And let's, let's just remember, this is Romney we're talking about. Okay? <laughs> right, right. It's not <laughs> as though I put a Trump sign in my yard. I put a Romney sign in my yard and the abuse I oh. took, was astonishing, and honestly, it rattled me so much. And my husband kept saying, "Let's take the sign out," but then I was dug in. You know, I'm, you know, I was like stubborn about it. Um, but it really shocked me, and that's why it's so interesting to me when people say, "Oh, everything became so uncivil when Trump was elected." I always say, "You know what? This has been building for a long time on the left, the anchor and." and hostility towards the right has been building for so long and much longer than when Trump came in. And I, I don't wanna t- turn this into a, a conversation about that, but I, you know, I think that this has been bubbling for a long time. And so it's sad to say, I'm not surprised this happened to you I, and, and as I had mentioned in my intro, others, other public officials, it's really sad. Do you see this reversing? Do you see it getting worse? What's your prediction?
1: You know, that's a good question, and I really hope it reverses. Like uh, Looking at the evidence, uh, it may not, um, but just looking at the response from our neighborhood, uh, I yeah. am hopeful. Um, and as you said, like I, I was overwhelmed. We had considered, you know, do we need to move? Are just right. is available. What what are we going to do? Um, and we went to a safe place. We went home to Missouri um, after yeah. uh, I went to a safe place for, for, with the kids for a few days, and, and then we all went home to Missouri. Um, Which was great. And then when we came back, um, I was overwhelmed uh, by the response. There was a neighbor across the street had found someone who was vandalizing our house and reported it to the police. Um, Our neighbors directly across the street um, came over to say they were sorry. Uh, A gentleman down the road Um, you know, disagreed politically, um, but said, you know, we're all Americans. Um, Mm. And just there was this really outpouring of support, which was so encouraging to me, because these people know us as neighbors. Yeah, Uh, they know us as people who have our kids playing in the yard and building this this garden uh, that is an eyesore. And and they they, they know our kiddos, and they know us. And so I was was really pleased um, with that support. Now, we did have people, you know, drive by and yell things and people spray paint things. And um, so that occurred as well. But from from our immediate neighbors, we were just so grateful um, for their support of us as a family, regardless uh, of their political views.
0: Well, I do wonder personally, you know, when I think at some point there's like a fatigue that will take over, like a rage fatigue. Like people are just, I feel like at some point, and I hope at some point people get tired of being angry all the time. I mean, I work on that Myself Because, you know, I'm in this deep blue city. I mean, I've had – there are a group of moms demand action in this neighborhood who ha, will target your kid. Like, if you're uh, – you know, if you're – you know, I went on Fox News defending the Second Amendment. So, I'm this known – entity like I <laughs> am the enemy and I've had those those moms say do not tell their kids do not play with that little boy because his mom went off you know so like it is that, it, that makes
1: me so, <laughs> I mean, <Julie>. um, <laughs> so that's, it, how are we supposed to have bipartisanship or I, civil discourse if that's what our parents well are I'll tell you Aaron. Out?
0: I tell you, Aaron it is funny because I can kind of take, okay, let's just say we don't get invited to a lot of potlucks. Okay. And we don't get it. Cause you know, we're the you know, we're like the Republicans or whatever, but I don't care about that. I don't mind that we don't have, you know, that our neighbors are kind of standoffish and some people, you know, don't want to associate with us because we're conservative. Fine. But you mess with my kid and you leave my kid out of something because his mom went on Fox news. And let's just say that hurts. That hurts so much. And there's no way to deal with that because you know you can't force someone to you know to be nice you can't force yeah. someone to be nice or be civil or be a human being no, and, and and that's and our
1: sort of primary calling as mom is to love and protect our children and when, mm-hmm. when people are using illegitimate basis to be to be I mean you should never be mean to a child but but certainly not because of their parents political views but <laughs> that is but Crazy it's certainly, harmful. it's certainly
0: happening now and I, I've experienced it with my own children and it's so painful and it's so awful and it's a different kind of pain. Obviously, I think what, what you experienced was so terror, ter- ter- terrifying, um, and because obviously you're also, de- you had, you know, your Abigail at home, your baby, and ultimately you have to protect her as well. Um, but you know, I mean the idea of three large men, if you haven't seen Erin, she's very small <laughs> too, <laughs> like. <laughs> There is this just image of little Aaron and these three large men. It's just so horrifying. But to strong. Me. I have a 17-pound baby. <laughs> I lift all the time. <laughs> That's right. But I will tell you, there's a, just – I think there's different kinds of ways that people um, – can be cruel in this political space. And I honestly think that some of, even the people who haven't been particularly nice to me, I think they are very good people inside, but they just get so emotional about these issues and can't really, it's, I truly believe people can't see straight. So, um, you know, I know it's two different kinds of, of sort of, you know, harassment there, but I think, I think a lot of people, particularly if you, if you, um, you know, are living in a deep blue area, um, feel this kind of tension. It's very uncomfortable. And I I really, I, I'm glad, though, that you have, you know, it seems like you have supportive, very kind neighbors who seem to understand um, that that is, that's is, that's crossing a line. So I'm really glad that you had the support of your neighbors, Erin.
1: Yeah, we are, we're so, so grateful. And I think that also just wanted to mention social media, because if we're talking about ways that people can be mean to one another. Oh, um, yeah that that seems to be to be the primary way and i i changed my phone number i shut down my instagram account i thought instagram was supposed to be like the happy place yeah um and not so much <laughs> uh this, this principles of civil discourse and, and frankly just human decency um it shouldn't be okay to shout something at a mom who's outside with their kids um from mm-hmm. uh, a passing car like that that's not okay um and i think we need uh, an awakening that that's not okay either on the right uh, or on the left well and yeah and um,
0: Look, I agree with you, but I will say this. When you see this sort of behavior from someone on the right, there is like almost nonstop um, criticism of such behavior from the right. What bothers me so much is that I don't see a lot of that on the left. And, And as, you know, we talked about. I didn't see a lot of condemnation of what happened to you and Josh or what happened to you. Um, But also Josh, Josh has to be terribly worried now. You know, this is, this is, this has to, you know, be obviously deeply concerning to him, but I didn't see a lot of condemnation. Sure. There were a few, but I didn't see widespread condemnation. No,
1: no, you're absolutely right. Like people just played it off as no big deal. And he was just overreacting and and (laughs) that's insane. Like that's not accurate.
0: (laughs) Yeah um, yeah so no you're absolutely right. Yeah and and actually that's it, it's funny that you mentioned that um he's overreacting. That made me so mad because um you know he was out of town and 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 it had to have been hard for him to to and I thought he handled it so you know, <laughs> maturely. I don't know. I, I honestly, I I think that um, it took a lot of strength of character to to handle it the way as calmly as he did. And um, so, I really admire both of you. And Aaron, I am so sorry that this happened to you. I think it's really important to talk about these things. When you wrote that op-ed, I, you know, and you just said on this podcast, you said, you know, I didn't really want to, and I totally get that because you know, obviously mine is not the same, but the sort of the harassment I feel I have received, I want to crawl under the covers. I don't want to talk about this. It's terrible. And so, but I think it is important to share um, and to explain, you know, why this is wrong, why this is going over a line, why this is dangerous. Um, And, and so I really appreciate you speaking out about it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for all you
0: do, Julie. Thanks everyone for being here for another episode of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. If you enjoyed this episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. This helps ensure that the podcast reaches as many listeners as possible. If you haven't subscribed to the Bespoke Parenting Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts, please do so so you won't miss an episode. Don't forget to share this episode and let your friends know that they can get Bespoke episodes on their favorite podcast app. From all of us here at the Independent Women's Forum, thanks for listening.